Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. This is a Rogue Media Network podcast. What do you always say? Hey, everyone. I really was like, nothing. I say nothing. This is Some of Our Thoughts. Hi, everyone. It's Sarah. And Carter. And this is Some of Our Thoughts. We have a really fun wine today. That's one that we've kind of been waiting to do. I've been waiting yeah, for I the right opportunity. Um, when I started at Wine Shop, this was one of the first wines that really captivated me. It caught my really? attention. Oh, yeah. Because, well, first of all, there's three of them. Mm-hmm. So there's Piac with an exclamation point. There's the Rouge, the Blanc, and the Rosé. They're all made from uh, different grape varietals, mostly mm-hmm. Cab Franc. But this one's 100% Grello. So uh, I'm actually going to do this next to the mic so y'all can hopefully hear. Oh, that's sexy. That sound. You get it? You hear that? Yeah. You hear that? (laughs) It's got a head on it. It does. Oh, cheers. Cheers. This is one of those, like, so carbonic carbonic macerated wines that it literally – is like a soda. It's like a sarsaparilla soda. Sarsaparilla is a, no. Sarsaparilla is a root. Something slightly dark, but I'll share with you with this particular bottle. Um, the day I found out my grandfather died, I laid in bed and drank an entire bottle of these. This. And watched three Bradley Cooper movies for some reason. You're in a Bradley Cooper kind of mood. I was for like a week. It's because I watched The Star is Born. Then I was like, oh, I get it. Yeah. He's hot. Yeah. Yeah, he's hot. <laughs> he speaks um, fluent French and he loves his mother. Yeah. Which I, <laughs> what's not to love. Exactly. Back on my radar. That's for sure. Yeah. Anyway. There's so mm-hmm. much going on with this wine. We had this... Um, by the glass, I think the week between Christmas and New Year's, which is historically one of our busiest weeks of the year. So there was a lot of people coming in and drinking Piac and talking to me about it. And a lot of the time, I, I mean, I've always just, to be simple, I've always just referred to them as like the funky red and the funky white. Mm-hmm. If you want a funky wine, Piac always. Um, the Blanc bottle is always my prop for the zero zero filtration. So there's actually nothing added and nothing taken away. 
at all. And even just seeing it in the light, it's so murky. She and is murky. It's hazy. It's crazy. It's got a cr- <laughs> it's insane amount of sediment, truly. The red is a little bit more silky, but the the white has like these big flakes that kind of look like cornflakes. I don't remember how the white tastes. It's a... Uh, it's pretty bright. It's like if is you were really to, acidic. You know, so, okay. it's more mellow. I love this one because you say it's funky and it is funky, but it's not super high acid, which is why I really like it. Yeah, some of my reds are really high some acid. Some are so it's not just yours, just some out there. Oh, I've gotten true. some stuff from like Whole Foods and Central Market and I'm like, "Oh, this is going to be fire." And then I taste it, I'm like It's yeah. fine. Just me and high acid reds just don't yeah, Mesh. I typically do love a gamay, but there are some that are so like not palatable to me for me. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. The white, though, is um, if you were to think about like a, a raspberry peach syrup mm-hmm. in a green tea, like strawberry lemonade. I don't know how else to describe it. It's a lot I don't of know fruit. If I've had it. I have one bottle left at the wine shop. We can stop huh. by and get one on the way home because <laughs> that's a perfect. <laughs> no, I'm just. I know I've had the the rosé. I've had that. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I've had the white, but I love. I love this one. I love the red. It's so fun. It's um it's so good. Just talking about like, I can get into winemaking in just a second, but it's got like this fruity, earthy thing going on that I've always referred to it as like a forest floor. Mm-hmm. So think like wet mulch. And leaves and kind of like earthy roots and dirt, like a little dirty. And then blackberry and maybe like a cherry pith or a cherry pit. And then, I don't know, crab apple or something. It's it's not sweet. It's not bright, but it's it's big. All of the flavors in there are really big. And it's got this really delightful um, gas to it that makes it easier it's to, fun drink. to drink too. it's fun yeah this is a very and it unserious kind of like, wine yeah it is it like it does this fun little bubble layer over your whole tongue is what i'm liking yeah like it's it's the mouthfeel on this is unlike anything else it's someone told so me uh, it brings a comic sans energy to Ew! natural wine <laughs> no <laughs> you don't like shame comics. on them <laughs> no funny. when it you said funny. bubble it made me think of that comic sans <laughs> Just like <laughs> as an Instagram filter or whatever. <laughs> um, and it's also been referred to as ultra fresh, which I think is cool. Um, but we were talking about this in the elevator on the way up here. It says everywhere, it says it's named after the sound your mouth makes when your thirst is finally quenched. And uh, Pioc, when, mou- when your mouth is too dry, it sounds like Pioc, relief for the thirsty. I don't no. know. Yeah, I don't know where they're getting that from. I don't know. But we were doing the tongue pop earlier, and they said, too, it's like the French equivalent of an Alyssa Edwards tongue pop, <laughs> which so is good. Kyle's going to like that one. <laughs> um, I also learned the word quaffable the other day. Have you ever heard of quaffable. this? Quaffable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Quaffable. So it means like affordable, but oh. someone texted Paige and asked for a specifically quaffable wine and I had to google it I was like okay what, what is, yeah what is that okay cool guy okay, <laughs> let yeah. me get out my phone 
dictionary.com. And um and then this wine has been referred to as quaffable cuz it's like how much does this retail for? 27 before tax. Wow. Wow. Yeah, so not crazy. Uh-uh. Um and it is pretty regularly available to us too. It's a Percy selection. Uh, Sebastian Bobinet. What? Did you hear me? What? Did you just do it? Yes! Okay. No, I'm not going to be able to do it again. Yeah, I didn't hear it. Okay. I don't know. Well, everyone I just, don't get the p- Yeah. A- <laughs> yeah, right? I don't know where the p- is coming That's from. That's really fun, though. Um, but yeah, everyone, you can rewind that 15 <laughs> seconds and try to hear Sarah's original piak. But... Um, <laughs> Okay, Sebastian Bobinet is the winemaker. He also has a partner named Emmeline Calve, and she's a dancer turned winemaker, Sarah. I love that. Don't you love that? I knew I love this wine. So a lot of their wines will be referred to as uh, Calve Bobinet. I thought that was a person Calvary for a Bobinet. long time. Calve Bobinet. Oh, Calve Bobinet. And then he has some, uh, before they actually teamed up of, of officially, mm. um, called just Sebastian Bobinet. Um, is there a Bobinet bottle with a like a rabbit on it? Yeah, okay. yeah, called a leaf. Yeah, and that's Domaine Bobinet. So everything by both of them is referred to as Domaine Bobinet. Okay, cute. I only remember that because I think you sold it to my mom mm. when we were in there, and she yeah. re- she really liked it. That's my favorite like, Shannon. <gasps> really? Yeah. Now? It had uh, the rabbit with the big hands. You remember? Yeah, it freaked me out. <laughs> yeah. And my mom was like, "Just stupid." <laughs> I was like, oh, drink up. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that's a great bottle. It's That's really refreshing, too. All of their wines are so cool. Like, I, my favorite thing is just to have the shelf of Bobinet, and there's one called Californian that um, is – it has, like, a tie-dye uh, back to it, and it's really pretty Ooh. font. I gave that bottle to Lacey because it was a very oh, Lacey oh, bottle. Oh, I remember that. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. And it was real juicy. It was kind of like Pioc without the carbonic maceration, mm-hmm. so just think, like, straight juice. Um, this one, the okay, so they de-stem and macerate for 15 days and then raise the wine in fiberglass tanks. So that's why we're not getting any oak. Mm. I mean, it's very neutral vessel. Everything that they do, I think, is very intentional in that respect. Um, the Blanc is honestly my very favorite. Really? But, yeah, it's a, it's kind of hard to come up with a food for that one because it's mm. such a pool wine. It's Ooh. a pool wine at its finest. So uh, some of the – I love going on Vivino and seeing what other people have to say about oh, the wine. Oh, yeah. It says peaches off the tree, juicy papaya, golden plum, dusty rose, elderflower, and salty lemonade, which is all accurate. Ooh, that sounds good. Yeah, that's the white. Salty lemonade sounds so good. We'll go break into a wine shop after this because I have to anyway. Yeah. But um, and it's fun being there when it's closed. I'm paying a babysitter today. Are you really? Valerie's watching. Oh, know. fantastic! Shout out, Valerie! Yay, Val! <laughs> Thank you, Valerie. <laughs> okay, so Sarah's birthday. Lucas met Valerie for the fir- very first time, and they had, like, so much to talk about. It was, they like, did. immediately, like, best friends. Like, did we just become best friends? It was so cute. <laughs> it was the cutest it ever. made me really happy. Oh, yeah. And then she's also becoming a teacher currently, so it's probably yeah. just pretty, you know, fun for her to hang out with a kid. Kid and... whisperer, man. God yeah. God bless her. Uh, yeah, honestly. Um. And she's also just fun to hang out with, so I'm glad yeah. we're getting to hang out with her more. Um, is there anything else that's coming up, a big wine like tasting notes for you or anything that 
Look, with you, this wine? Yeah, just okay. giving it a swirl. I mean, it's like alive in there. Mm -hmm. It's alive. Mm. I'm kind of getting a licorice thing. Mm -hmm. That's definitely got, yeah, big time. Right? It At first, the first time I ever had it, I remember thinking like, oh, wow, this is like a cola. Mm-hmm. And then, I mean, it's a little bit more delicate than that. that. It's much softer. Like a main root cola. Yeah. <laughs> like one of the, like, proprietary twisted root, like, yeah. colas. Yeah. Mm. Also, also, too, it's very dry, which I'm yeah. loving. Like, it's it's tannic, y'all. And you wouldn't think because it's pretty light. But, like, she's a little chewy, mm -hmm. which I love. It's a great wine. And it we just have... keeps you go wanting to go back for more. Yeah. Well, mm. we have a lot of it. I'm happy. Um Whenever it runs out, it's always a sad day because people do come in specifically and they're like, I have not been able to stop thinking about that. Uh, yeah. And I'm like, uh, yeah, that's how they, that's how we get you. <laughs> this one really hooked me too. Like I said, it was truly one of the first bottles. It's a repeat buy for sure. Yeah. But between this and Lunesta and Herlu Berlue. I was just about to say Herlu Berlue. Yep. And then I re realized I haven't had it in a hot minute. We haven't had it in bottles. We have it in kegs. Well, that's why I haven't had it in a hot minute. <laughs> that's awesome, I'm though. about to build a kegerator at my house just so I can have early burly again. Right. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much all I have on it. They're, um, he's a really cool dude, though, eighth-generation winemaker, pretty young. Um, he, he got this this parcel of land from his maternal grandparents. There's Okay, because I'm me and I'm not a serious person. Bobinet? Bobinet. Mm-hmm. There's this really stupid song called Mr. Bobolina. And it's like, Mr. Bobolina, Mr. Bob Bobolina, Mr. Bob. That's what it's reminding me of. And I will play it later for okay. you. And you'll Thank be you. like, I hate you so much. <laughs> I definitely don't. That just made me think of Bubble Butt, though. Where's Ryan when you need him? I know. Oh, can we hear? Can we chat about uh, Lover Fest? Because I'm so happy. Dude. I got to see Sparkle live finally. Oh, literally the whole night was great. And but then you walking in right before Sparkle started was the highlight of my my year. It it's was... only February, January, <laughs> February. It's February. But that it's was February. thus far. I think that's gonna take the cake. That was a, like you experiencing that. You've never seen them live. Have I you? hopped. I was so sore oh. yesterday. I danced really hard. <laughs> I danced Same. really hard. It was so much fun. And I was standing next to Those Sam, sparkle too. boys. God, they were good. And, like, you could tell at one point, like, Jonka's head was going back and forth. And, like. Oh, yeah. When Jonka almost knocked over nothing. <laughs> <laughs> nothing. <laughs> nothing happened. <laughs> It's all okay. It was. It all great. worked out. Man, those those boys. Though. So Clark, had you met Clark, the drummer? No. He was filling in for Eric, Eric Morris. Okay. Who, Eric Morris was like the GM of White Horse in Austin, but he's opening his own Busties. bar, Busty. Yeah, yeah, Busty. Yeah. So unfortunately, Eric wasn't able to be there, but Clark, man, Clark's an amazing drummer, and he got to fill in and. They were so tight all night. That they set were. was so good. And they honestly, they did not get to practice a whole lot. It was just no. a handful of practices. And Ryan made the trip damn. down to Austin. Ryan and Bo went to Austin a handful of times and like took yeah. off work for it. Like it was a big It was a undertaking. big deal. I kept telling people yesterday, I was like, y'all don't understand. Like for the last like two weeks, I had people at my house every 
day, which yeah. is good. It, it's, it's very fun. necessary. And it's good music, too. There was a certain point I turned around. I was like, these are not Taylor Swift songs. Yeah, I was like, oh, no, no, no. <laughs> Sparkle's above that. They don't They don't need Taylor. <laughs> Taylor needs them. <laughs> Honestly, I was like, I'll actually listen to this. It's pretty good. Yeah. It's just... No, they did so good. Richard killed it. Oh, I'm Richard sad. I miss killed Richard. it. Sarah sang. I missed it, but oh, Daniel God. sent me a video I of have it. never been. I was actually telling Joey yesterday. Because, like I said earlier, I am a very confident person and I don't get stage fright when I'm speaking literally at all. I'll mm-hmm. talk all night in front of a crowd. Okay, no. Singing? Well, yeah, you don't very sing often. I don't, I don't sing hardly ever, let alone in front of people. Like, yeah. I haven't actually felt true, like, the feeling of being nervous in a long time. It's kind time. of a good feeling, though. It was, it was very challenging yourself. And I was scared. And we had a couple technical difficulties, which also threw things off a little bit. But... I, w- I, w- I think I would do it again because I like being in, like, flight or fight, like, scary yeah. such scenarios. Absolutely. Like, I, I'm also one of those weird people. Like, I feel like if you are thinking about something or if you're doing something and it makes you a little uncomfortable, just dive deeper. Wherever yeah. that takes you. Like, either do it more. Maybe if you want to do it less, that's fine. But, like, dig into, like, the reason. Like, okay, what was the feeling? What did I feel? What did I take away? Should I do it again? I don't know. It's important. It's important. And I told, I was talking to Joey. This was like a 10 minute, very, no, like a five minute conversation I was having with him before we got interrupted. But the for me, this is just like a me segment real, real quick. Sorry. Um, I don't apologize. The last like probably year and a half. No, the last like two years, maybe a little bit plus, I realized that I'm checking off all of my like greatest fears that's cool. And I can think of three very prominent ones that have stood out. One was, um, well, going through childbirth was also always yeah. the scariest thing to me. Oh, my God. The pain, the whole process. Being pregnant and giving birth was the scariest thing. For all of my life, that was the scariest thing I've ever thought about. Other than, and when I had a kid, obviously, check that off, space. Yeah, space. Space is scary. Are you going to space soon, Sarah? No. No. <laughs> Oh, guess what? <laughs> We're taking some more thoughts to Mars, bitches. Um, no, about a year ago, my friend Alexa came down, and we and we took a day trip all together to Austin. And there was an art exhibit that I'm blanking on. That's right. Yeah, it wasn't was it at the Blanton? No, it was in Contemporary. Um, but you went in and it I was went like in the infinite. It was, it was an amazing art exhibit. There were yeah. so many cool elements. And it like rotates through, obviously, and different people. Can, but it's all they're all immersive experiences. So like one thing you like move in front of and then there's like this color, you know, yada, yada, yada. But this the VR segment, I was like, cool, I'm here. Let's do it. I lock myself in. Yeah. And they in this VR, they shoot you into space and put you into a goddamn black hole. <laughs> They put you into a black hole and explain it and talk about it. And then you're crawling out. You're crawling in. I was literally sweating yeah. and counting my breaths to make sure I was breathing. Yeah. I was so terrified the whole time. Yeah, I know. It's truly like an overwhelming thing for you. I know. It was terrifying. Okay. But, but you did I it. Did, I fucking did it. Check. Now I can watch Space Shit with Lucas and I'm fine. Soul. For the most part. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It, um, and then singing in public. There you go. And Loverfest, check, 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 check. Unstoppable. That really is so cool. And I'm proud. I'm very proud of myself. As you should be. Yeah. 
So like doing things I want is one thing and you know, keeping that going. Like obviously we've done the podcast for a few years now, which is insane. That's a really big accomplishment. You sent that thing yesterday that was like two years ago. Yeah. Yeah. February 11th. Yeah. 2021. It's crazy. 2022. Yeah. God. Oh yeah. It's 2024. (laughs) Jesus. But anywho, anywho, that's where my headspace is. I'm also very tired. Yeah. <laughs> and my kid kicked me in the ribs this morning, so I'm pretty sure I have a bruised rib. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm going to drink more for a sec. Please do. But yeah, it's 2024 is starting off with a bang. A big bang. It a feels, big bang. It feels revolutionary around your birthday. That, that was one of those things. It was like, what do we want to do this year? And it was like, oh, we can be like really intentional now because I feel like more on top of my shit and like yeah. than I've ever been. Right. Maybe it's just because we're like, a little wiser, a little yeah. older. Like, yeah. yeah, I'm feeling like, I'm just feeling like confident and like good and like I'm doing this. Cause you organized. Know, organized. Yeah. yeah. When you're younger too, or for me, I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know this day to this day to this day. And for some, I mean, a little bit of that's still true, but big picture is much easier for me these days. Sarah and I love spontaneity. We don't. Yes. We yes. got to have. And it, got even stuff. if I have plans, I like just being able to like maneuver through them without checkups mm-hmm. i guess because it's like i know what i have to do today and yeah. no one else needs to know <laughs> i also i'm bringing joey up again because i just talk to him a lot throughout the week when i see him i love his philosophy too of like if you make a plan say hey you want to go to dinner next thursday yeah sure seven o'clock moroso cool see you there that's all you need to do that's all you need to do and then at seven o'clock at moroso you just you show up yeah that's right if the other person's there cool if they're not Still going to eat moroso and have a fantastic dinner. Yeah. But he always says, like, the plan is the confirmation. You don't need confirmation after you have a plan. Yeah. The plan is, and I, Joey, I love you for that. Yeah. (laughs) Because I'm the same way. Yeah. Unless something comes up in between. Of course. Obviously, if you need to cancel, reach out because that's rude. But, like, if if it's all good, it's all good. (laughs) I can see you then, man. (laughs) You have shit to do. I have shit to do. See you next week. Bye. Bye. <laughs> anyway. Um, this, I, God, I love this wine. This wine makes me smart. It, <laughs> it wakes. It, wait, it doesn't make me smart. I haven't eaten today. Um, I had some popcorn. Oh, that's amazing. What like a good a, lunch. Like a yeah. 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 Just yeah. a great little lunch. <laughs> <laughs> I had like four cups of coffee and popcorn. I'm doing great. Big picture. <laughs> my year <laughs> <laughs> it's all coming up sarah oh my rib <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> peak and uh pork buns i just want to squawk every time i say peak as you should bailey does every yeah. time peak um, um yeah <laughs> we when we were coming up with uh food for this it, uh, there was literally only one option for me and uh, I brought my mama Fuku cookbook up here, mm. and Sarah's about to tell you about some steamed pork buns. Pork belly steamed buns from the one and only David Chang. David Chang. Unreal. Bless you, sir. <clears throat> Which All I'm right. so lucky I've had in in person. Yeah, I'm so jealous. Yeah. I've been to Mama Fuku twice in my life. The one Ooh. on like 36th Street. But yes. Yes, Reed. Mm. Yes, Reed. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 
So this is a two-part recipe. So there's a recipe for the steam buns, and then there's a recipe for the pork belly. And they're not short recipes. So bear with me. Make it. It's amazing. So first I'll do the quick recipe for the pork belly, because without pork belly, you can't put anything in your damn bun. Mm -hmm. So you will need one three-pound slab of skinless pork belly, a fourth cup of kosher salt, and a fourth cup of sugar. That's it. That's that's all you need. Yep. But it, <clears throat> the preparation. The preparation. I'll read his little like, oh, let me tell you about this. Yeah. And it's enough pork for six to eight bowls of ramen or about 12 pork buns. And we're making pork buns, y'all. The best part of this belly, besides the unctuous fatty meat itself, which we use in two of our most popular dishes at the restaurants, is a layer that settles in the bottom of the pan after you chill it. Most cooks who, who are familiar with, with it know it from making duck confit, and they know it's liquid gold or jelly gold if you want to get technical. We label containers of it pork jelly. I add it to broths, to tar, to vegetable sautés, anything that would benefit from a hint of really meaty flavor and the glossier mouthfeel of the gelatin ads. Mm. Mm. To harvest it. I love that, to harvest it. Decant the fat and juices from the pan you cooked the belly in into a glass measuring cup or other clear container. Let it cool until the fat separates from the meat juices, which will settle to the bottom. Pour or scoop off the fat and reserve it for cooking. Save the juices, which will turn to a ready-to-use meat jelly after a couple of hours in the fridge. The meat jelly... <laughs> how many times is it going to make me say meat jelly? The meat jelly a lot, will I fear. <laughs> for one week in the refrigerator or indefinitely in the freezer. We get pork belly without the skin. If you can only find skin on belly, don't fret. If the meat is cold and your knife is sharp, the skin is a cinch to slice off. And you can save it to the chicharron. Don't save it to make the chicharron we serve as a first bite at Momofuku Co. Okay, so the recipe. Nestle the belly into a roasting pan or other oven-safe vessel that holds it snugly. Mix together the salt and sugar in a small bowl and rub the mix all over the meat. I'm going to really get it in there. Yes. Discard any excess salt and sugar mixture. Cover the container with plastic wrap and put it in the fridge for at least six hours, but no longer than 24. Heat, interesting, yeah. right? Heat the oven to 450. Discard any liquid that accumulated in the container. Put the belly in the oven, fat side up, and cook for one hour, blasting it with a rendered fat at the halfway point until it's an appetizing golden brown. Mm. Then... Turn the oven temperature down to 250 and cook for another hour to hour and 15 until the belly is tender. It shouldn't be falling apart, but it should have a down pillow-like yield to a firmer finger poke. Remove the pan from the oven and transfer the belly to a plate. Decant the fat and the meat juices from the pan and reserve. Allow the belly to cool slightly. When it's cool enough to handle is what you're looking for. Wrap the belly in plastic wrap or aluminum foil and put it in the fridge until it's thoroughly chilled and firm. Then it says, you can skip this step if you're pressed for time, but the only way to get nice, neat-looking slices is to chill the belly thoroughly before slicing it, which is a good note. <clears throat> Cut the pork belly into half-inch thick slices that are about two inches long. Warm them, for, warm them for serving in a pan over medium heat just for a minute or two until they're jiggly and heated thoroughly use at once okay so you got your meat right you got your meat you got your meat you got your meat. <laughs> so now 
we're going to make the steamed buns, which homemade steamed buns I've never made, but I cannot wait. I honestly, I dream about them because they're so pillowy Uh, and soft. And when I tell you how tender that fucking pork belly was, it was like the most divine bite. And I thought two would not be enough. So I ordered two more and then two more Mm -hmm. and then two more. And then I had so many pork buns on my (laughs) table. They were like, this is entirely too many pork buns, ma'am. And I was like, I'm from Texas, right? Like, I, 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 I don't know when I'm going to get this again. <laughs> okay. Recipe for the steamed buns. It makes 50 buns, this recipe. And he says, okay, 50 buns is a lot of buns, but the buns keep in the freezer for months and months without losing any quality. Wow. And if you cut the recipe down any more than this, there's barely enough stuff in the bowl or of the mixture for the dough hook to pick up. Okay. That's cool. Yeah. So clear out a couple of hours and some space in the freezer and get to work. There you go. We'll have God, a pork bun party. So right. So what you'll need is one tablespoon plus one teaspoon of active dry yeast, one and a half cups of water at room temperature, four and a fourth cups of bread flour, six tablespoons of sugar, three tablespoons of nonfat dry milk powder. One tablespoon of kosher salt, rounded half teaspoon of baking powder, one half teaspoon of baking soda, one third cup of rendered pork fat or vegetable shortening at room temperature, plus more for shaping the buns as needed. Wow. All right. Let's get cooking. Combine the yeast and water in the bowl of a stand mixture mixer outfitted with the dough hook. Add the flour, sugar, milk powder, salt, baking powder, baking soda, and fat, and mix on the lowest speed possible, just above a stir, for 8 to 10 minutes. It's a long time. The dough should gather together in a neat, not-too-tacky ball on the hook. You know, you laugh, but like that's how long it took the pizza dough. It was about 6 oh, to 8 I'm minutes. I'm sure. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. God bless KitchenAids. <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> The dough should gather together in a uh, tacky bowl. Oh, sorry. When it does, lightly oil a medium mixing bowl, put the dough in it, and cover the bowl with a dry kitchen towel. Put it in a turned-off oven with the pilot light or other warmish place and let rise until the dough doubles in bulk about an hour and 15 minutes. Punch the dough down <clears throat> yeah. and turn it out onto a clean work surface. Using a bench scraper or a knife, divide the dough in half then divide each half into five equal pieces. Gently roll the pieces into logs, then cut each log into five pieces, so you'll end up with 50 pieces total. They should be about the size of a ping pong ball and weigh about 25 grams or smidge under an ounce. Yeah. I want them all to be perfectly uniform, too. Uh, Roll each piece into a ball. Cover the armada of little dough balls with the <laughs> draping of plastic wrap. Not an armada. It says cover the armada <laughs> of little dough balls with the draping of plastic wrap. Here we go, boys. <laughs> and allow them to rest and rise for 30 minutes. <laughs> Meanwhile, cut out 54-inch squares of parchment paper. Holy shit. Okay. I'll buy all of it. I wow. Promise. I mean, he said clear out a couple hours. I have all new countertops, too. Oh, I can't wait to see. Yeah. Um, okay, cut out the 54-inch squares of parchment paper. Coat the chopstick. Coat a chopstick. I was like, what? The chopstick. Coat a chopstick. I was like, what chopstick? That was just- <laughs> Coat a chopstick with whatever fat you're working with. Okay. Flatten one ball with the palm of your hand. Then use a rolling pin 
to roll it out into a four inch long oval. Lay the greased chopstick across the middle of the oval and fold the oval over onto itself to form the bun shape. And then slide the chopstick chop chopstick out. Uh-huh. So yeah, it gets the grease. Yeah. Withdraw the chop withdraw the chopstick, <laughs> leaving the bun folded, and put the bun on a square of parchment paper. Stick it back under the plastic wrap or a dry kitchen towel and form the rest of the buns. Then let the buns rest again for another 30 to 45 minutes. They'll rise a little. Yeah. Set up a steamer on the stove. Working in batches so you don't crowd the steamer. Steam the buns on the parchment squares for 10 minutes. Remove the parchment. I was going to say, I'm I'm like shocked that they they were so doughy, like still. Because they do all this. Yeah. This is crazy. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Remove the parchment. You can use the buns immediately. Reheat them for a minute or so in the steamer if necessary or allow to cool completely. Then seal in plastic freezer bags and freeze for up to a few months. Reheat frozen buns in a stovetop steamer two to three minutes until puffy and soft and warmed all the way through. And then you dip. You dip. And the official, like, what you're filling it with, it's you take one steamed bun, about one tablespoon of hoisin, three or four slices of quick pickle cucumbers, which he has a little recipe for that too, three thick slices of pork belly, one scant tablespoon of thinly sliced scallion, green and white, and then sriracha for serving. It's the I've never been this hungry in my whole life. I'm so sorry. And then I mean we just I'll buy like six bottles of this and we'll just have a piak and pork bun party. Mm. And then um but without saying anything else, because I mean I think that all of that speaks for itself. You know what album we picked to go with it? <laughs> Sticky Fingers Sticky by the Rolling fingers. Stones. You're welcome. You're this welcome. was just one of those those uh episodes that came up and it was like, oh yeah, that is that. It is what it is. But there's, like, pages on the pork buns. Like, this is just what they were most well-known for, I think. Oh, yeah. There's a whole page I didn't read to you that's an entire Yeah. It's probably his whole philosophy about about it. Yeah. I mean, I went – the first time I went by myself, my friend Dave ended up meeting me there because I was like, I got too many pork buns. Please come help. (laughs) And he met me. And then we went and saw Moonrise Kingdom. And I think I threw up because I ate too much. Um, but oh, then you saw Moonrise Kingdom. Yeah, in New York, it was awesome. And then the second time I went with my friend Eve, who I'm going to get to see this week, actually, she Aww. was my roommate in college, and um, we went before we went to the taping of SNL that we went to. That's where we went for dinner, and we had, you went to the taping of SNL. Who yeah. was the guest? Kevin Hart. Who performed? Sia. I love Sia. Yeah, Sia was great. I love Sia. Sia was really great. And then we went and had Mama Fuku before we went. Wow. Yeah. I like how you said Kevin Hart with such disdain. <laughs> Kevin Hart. I mean, <laughs> I didn't get to pick it. But I had been, <laughs> been in the SNL ticket lottery for like years at that Aww. point. And that was also the same year. It was 2015 or 2016, the year that uh, Jon Stewart was retiring. And so I, I think it was 2016. I got tickets to see Jon Stewart a week, two weeks later. Oh, wow. And I couldn't go back for it. Cause yeah. I mean, but I was like, fuck. I mean, that I've was... seen the SNL studio, but not like a live taping, which is because cool. when we did all those dance trips when I was younger to New York, it was like we definitely did the touristy stuff the first oh, sure. time. And the second time, Rockefeller's I amazing. remember the like dance teacher lady that was like in charge of everything got really mad at me and my mom, mostly my mom because she was the adult. Because one morning they we they, they wanted us to get up at like seven to go see the fucking Statue of Liberty and do all that shit. And me and my mom were like, nope. nope. 
And they were so mad. Like, it's a group. You're supposed to do everything together. My mom was like, I paid for it. Yeah. I'm, I'm doing what I want and today. And you're here with your daughter. Yeah. And we we met up with them like three hours later. We just slept in. Yeah. And we're like, we're on vacation. <laughs> Don't come at us. But New York is great. Do the touristy stuff at least once. And then, I mean, I say touristy, like the very touristy stuff. Like Empire State Building and... Yes, all the, all that. Do that once because it really is great. But yeah, you got to do the local stuff too. Oh, I, I love New York. That I just always, made me really nostalgic. I yeah, really love New York. It's been since then. I haven't been back since then. But I was I up there for the summer and we all had internships the summer we turned 21. Oh my from God. Yeah, it was dumb. Yeah. It was dumb. Oh. We should. We need to. We need. We should go. Yeah. I, lo- oh, ah, I love New York. <laughs> I've there's. I mean, with all the food and wine shit that I have now, just so many places that I follow. Right. Probably like twenty. We just from New York City. I mean, we appreciated it then, but like, yeah, being older and having more knowledge about it. Well, and like, I have like Stephen Graff's phone number. Speaking uh, of like, like really cool wine yeah. people, he gave me his fucking cell phone number and was like, "Next time you're in New York, hit me up. We'll go to Tin Bells." And I was like, "Okay." Okay. <laughs> Micah went to New York for a wedding a couple, maybe a couple months ago, I guess. And he was like, I'm not excited. I don't know. I'm oh, and I was Philistine. like, Micah. He just like didn't know how to feel like Yeah. That. He was a little a underwhelmed. And I was like, when you're standing in Times Square, you're going to feel like you're just in a movie because yeah. nothing seems real. You're going to be like, we're Spider-Man. Yeah. Like, Times Square is nuts. You really don't feel it's like and there are it's also not, like, not real, but it's many so Spider Men in Times yeah. Square. <laughs> yeah. And, oh, like, remember the Central naked Park? cowboy that used to play? He, uh-uh. he just had like tidy whities and a cowboy hat. He was always on MTV. I remember the year that we went, we saw him, and I was like, the naked cowboy. <laughs> Stupid. I love uh, all the museums. <laughs> well, of course, yeah. Uh, the Met, the MoMA, Central mm. Park, Bethesda Fountain. I mean, just like little things that are like Lincoln Center for me. Always going to be there. Yeah. Just like iconic mm. statue landmarks that will always be there. Um, oh, the music. Yeah. The music. Rolling Sticky Stones. Sticky Fingers. Yeah. Sticky Fingers because of the pork buns. <laughs> but if we're talking about the Rolling Stones, just any and all of them, like Black yeah. and Blue, Some Girls, um, 40 Licks was like their greatest hits, but that's the tongue mm-hmm. that looks so much like ours. <laughs> Yeah, we're not trying to get sued. <laughs> oh, that's true. But I mean, ours is like you know, it's different. It's different. Yeah, we got the we cute little teeth. buck teeth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the Stones, man! I got to see them once. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. I want to go to a really great concert this year. I'm sure you will. There's a lot. Got my eyes peeled. Yeah. I want to go to more shows. More in general, more shows. Even not like not like a huge stadium show. No. I just want to go to more shows this year. I that's what I miss about living in Austin was just going to see any band yeah, you that could was just there. Pop around. Like a random Tuesday. Yes. Just go to Sea Boys or Hotel Vegas and there was always someone playing. Mm-hmm. Like after eight. Yeah. But um yeah, live music. well and what we were doing something Loverfest. That was it. <laughs> When I sang on Saturday? Yeah, I missed that. But I was just so glad to just be at a show. It was fun. No, that's how I felt, too. I was like, oh, this is bringing me back. This is good. This is good. I will say a little um, nerdy thing that I rarely do. My favorite Stone song is Wild Horses. Oh, yeah. We were listening to it in the car on the Mm -hmm. way here. That was Bailey and Jared's wedding song. Oh, 
And I, I'll tell you, I love it. Well, I love the song in general, but um, this band called The Sundays did a cover of it. And it's beautiful. And it was in the scene of season three of Buffy the Vampire Slayer <laughs> when she's at her prom and she doesn't think her boo angel is coming and she's like kind of low-key sad. And then the class, they surprise her. So like Buffy, if you don't know anything about it, Vampire Slayer, she saves her classmates left and right and it's just like very cheesy. Like, oh, what yeah. happened? Oh, she kicks ass. That's weird. But like, <laughs> it's like, it's funny. Like the ongoing joke is no one acknowledges what she's doing. She's of literally course. saving people's lives every day. And then at her prom episode, they like, they like hand make her this little cute little umbrella, which is so random. And she's just like moping, moping, moping. Her boyfriend's not there. And they announce like, She's class protector. Oh. And they give her something. And then she's like, oh, I got a little toy surprise. And then her boo angel shows up. And they dance to wild horses. Such a pretty song. It's a beautiful song. I always think about that song because of Fear, where Mark Wahlberg fingers Reese Witherspoon on the roller coaster. I've never seen that. It's pretty good. Fear? What's it about? Um, Other than that. Mark Wahlberg (laughs) just, he becomes obsessed with Reese Witherspoon and he goes crazy. And, um... He <laughs> he carves like this like really prison like makeshift prison tat into his chest with her um, name. Yeah, and then he at a certain point starts doing this and like beat and gives himself bruises so that she thinks her dad hit him and then, like what? yeah, and then it's like a kind of like a home uh, intruder hostage type situation at the end there mm-hmm. with really horrible mm-hmm. graphics where like the dad flings Mark Wahlberg out of the window. <laughs> <laughs> That's like this little claymation. <laughs> Stop! Not a claymation. It's awful. That's how my. Is it an old movie? It's like from. Has to be from the nineties. Like it's like oh Cruel Intentions god. era. Oh god, I love Cruel Intentions. I mean, it's like really good though. It's one of those like just kind of classic nineteen ninety six. Oh my! I've never seen that. It's funny. I mean, it's like Marky Mark in his prime. She was 19 when they shot that. Yeah, I believe it. She was really young. And the Reese Witherspoon was 19 when she filmed the fear, fe, filmed fear in its indelicate sex scene. <laughs> <laughs> wow, charming high schooler who turns out to be a killer. Yeah, he's and a killer. Sweet talks an innocent teen played by. Oh my god, the bad boy. And then it's the, you know who the dad is? Is the guy from CSI? Oh. <laughs> What? Which I loved CSI. My mom and I would, <laughs> would watch that show. And I was like, oh, oh is the Milanos in this? Amy Brenneman? Yeah, it's a what? it's a great movie. It's a great movie. Well, That's when Lucas takes a nap or goes to sleep tonight. Yeah. I'm just so curious. Yeah, it's worth like I'll buy it on Amazon. I don't care. <laughs> I'll buy that movie. I'll watch it probably Dang. a couple times. Um yeah, so yeah, Rolling Stones, man. I wish I had more to say about them right now. I think I'm just a little buzzed. Uh, yeah, popcorn lunch over here. Yeah. I'm real, and I read a book. Yeah, you did. That's a beautiful book. Thank you. It looks like wood grain. It does. I love that cookbook. I very rarely cook from it, so I'm excited to actually, like, it's a pretty big undertaking, but I'm willing to do it. Yeah. I am, because it's so good. No, we, we have to do it. We got to at least try. Yeah. And with this one, you David have to admit. Needs, David Chang needs to know that we tried for him. I agree. Yeah. And Sebastian and Emmeline. Yeah. Yeah. Because they'll appreciate that. And then, you know, uh, the Stones, I, I might not tag them because <laughs> I don't want them to see it. 
I might. I, part of me wants them to know, and then the other part of me is like, oh, I don't want to get rid. Of, I like that graphic. I already paid for all the stickers. Yeah, and yeah. that one is on my business card too. I gave you the other one. Yeah, don't tag them. <laughs> yeah, we won't tag them. Sorry, but um, oh. yeah, that's pretty much about it. Like that's as good as a pairing can get. I'm so excited. Absolutely. Well, y'all. Yeah. This has been really fun. Thanks Sarah, for listening to us. Yeah. Sarah's like holding her ribs. My rib hurt. Well, I've been laughing a lot too. Like I do every Monday at one o'clock and my rib hurts. Damn kid. <laughs> well, okay. As always, grab your favorite glass, put on your favorite record. Let's have some fun. Thank you for listening to some of our thoughts. And please go get this bottle of Piac because it is so divine. It's Come so see me. Good. Come see, come see Quora. Bye. This has been a Rogue Media Network production. Wait.